Good morning, everybody. Have a seat if you would. And let's give our team a, a great big hand. They put a lot of work into this every single week. You know, the third song that we sang, where His Grace is Running After You, uh, the, the thought hit me. I just recently learned, well, first of all, everything that we sing, sing comes from Scripture. But that one specifically, where God's grace pursues you, in the Greek, in the Greek uh, phraseology of things, where God's grace is running after you, it's literal running after you. It is tackling you down. It is the strongest of terms. It's not just following you. God's grace is just actively pursuing you in, in such a demonstrative way that the, the song really does reflect that. He is running after you, and, and he, is, he wants to just embrace you, and he, he does it in the, the, the strongest terms. And we're going to talk a little bit about that, a little piece of that today, coming up in, in today's uh, uh, installment of what's so important. We've been talking about what's so important about church, and we'll get to that in just a bit. But as promised, I always told you that you would get a free weather forecast before the message. It's not hot today, and it's not humid. Praise God. <laughs> yep, some of you agree. Some of you like the summer weather, and that's fine. Some of you were saying, well, you know, I want a little more summer. Don't worry. We still have plenty of August left. September can be very, very warm. Even October can be very warm. So there's still plenty of warm weather left for those of you that are summer weather fans. But the humidity is gone for, for probably about seven days. A few scattered showers this afternoon. So, uh, but hopefully those are all going to be after the picnic. And if not, we have a nice pavilion anyway. So we're uh, hopeful that uh, you have it in your plans to... Uh, be with us for a little while anyway this afternoon. Enjoy some hamburgers, hot dogs, and, and uh, some potluck food. Church potluck food is always the best. New Promise Church knows how to do uh, potlucks. So there's your forecast. So we're going to be okay for a little while. Most of this week will be, in fact, all of this week, uh, as best as I could tell, is going to be uh, very comfortable with uh, highs in the 70s, maybe touching 80 from time to time. All right, uh, it, we heard uh, that beginning next week we'll be returning to passing the plate. Now, the reason that we had the boxes in the back uh, for such a long period of time was during the early stages of 2020 when the pandemic was frightening everybody and putting fear in everybody. We put the boxes there to minimize contact at that time from what we understood. And just recently, I was asking the elders, I, th I thought, we're not praying over the offerings that are coming in, and we need to pray not only over the offerings that are brought in, but to pray over the people that are bringing it in. And uh, that's when the thought hit us, hey, you know, we can return to having a part, you know, an element of worship. 
is not only just singing, is not only listening to the word of God, is not only ingesting the word of God and making adjustments to our lifestyle, but it's also participating in funding the work of God. Now, God, now listen to me. God does not need our money. He doesn't. But he offers us an an opportunity to partnership with him. Think of it this way. It's a little like being a six-year-old wanting to help dad when dad is fixing the car. What is dad going to say? No, you're going to be more hindrance. No. The father invites him in, gives him a screwdriver. Here, tighten this bolt. (laughs) Right? And um, so the child then has a participation in the building or, in this case, the fixing of a car, the father's work. The father does the same thing with us. He gives us an opportunity to join him in his big work. And uh, so, and he promises in, in uh, the book of Malachi a blessing for that. Not that we give in order to get. We don't. But God does say, test me. It's the only place in the Bible where you can test God. Test me in this. Will I not open up the windows of heaven for you? And not only supply your your every need, but many of your wants too, because you have the right priorities. So beginning next week, again, we'll we'll have more of a demonstrative uh, showing of that aspect of worship. And uh, so we'll begin passing the plate uh, next week for that offering. And so right now, for those of you that have already putting your tithes and offerings in the back. I want to pray for you, and I want to pray for, for your blessing. Father, right now, uh, I thank you for those that uh, have uh, accepted the invitation to partner with you. We realize that you don't need us, but yet you, you give us the invitation. And so right now, I ask that you give the church, the elders, and the leadership wisdom in how exactly to spend these resources, to spend it wisely like you would have us do, but also that you would bless the people here that have sacrificially given of their resources in order to participate in something that you have pictured for the whole world. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, I also want to pray before, before we get into today's message. We're in a series, What's So Important? It's the third week. This week we'll be looking at the purpose of the church. You see, we're, we're looking at the church. Think of the church in the center, and there's a giant circle all around. And you can take different positions in that circle and look at the church from different angles. And it's important for us to do that. Because where we're standing and where we see the church is just one-dimensional. If you stand over here and look at it from this angle, you go, oh, oh, wow, there, there's a side I, I never saw. Or you come over here and then you turn around and you, oh, oh, wow, I didn't know it had that side either. It does. It's multidimensional. And so this is the reason we're doing this is, is to get a better appreciation for 
What's so important about being here on Sunday morning? We'll review it in just a second, but why don't we pray now that God will take my words and make sure that they're his words, that I'm not bringing anything from me, but that he will stir your heart and bring something new to each and every single one of you. Father, thanks for this day. Thank you that we get to come to church, that we get to come here as your body of believers. And we come here not out of compulsion, but out of desire, desire to know you better, desire to be a part of the body, to desire to, to input into that body, to be a significant part of it. Now, as we study the purpose one of the angles of being a part of the local church. Help us to have eyes, the kind of spiritual eyes to see. Holy Spirit, have your way in us. Have your way with my tongue. Have your way with our spirits. Open up what it is that you have for us today. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Well, if, if this is an entry point for you, if, if you're here for the first Sunday and you're a visitor, great. If you're watching online for the first time, uh, and we certainly welcome you into this series. But this is a good place to do a quick review of what we've discovered in the last couple of weeks. So just a very quick review, and then we'll commence with the third angle of the local church, and that is the purpose of this church, not the big broad church, which is the global church, but this one right here, New Promise Church, us, me, you, together, doing life together. We have a purpose. But just like calculus, it is something that builds on itself. Let me tell you a quick little story about my years at Linden State College. Noah's back there. Block your ears, Noah. <laughs> because in my calculus years, calculus one was a struggle. It really tested me, but I got, I got a C. I, I did okay. Calculus two came. Now, remember, this is my freshman year in college. I'm away from home, and I'm able to goof off a little bit more. And when you goof off, you don't do the work that you're supposed to do. And so, Calculus 2, and everybody tells me in meteorology, in the, it, whether it's OSU or Penn State or Purdue or Linden State College, where I went, which is now University of Northern Vermont, that calculus builds on itself. You cannot miss a, sun, you cannot miss a single class. If you're not feeling well, oh boy, that's not good, because it always builds on itself. So if you're missing a, a block, all of a sudden this block is really unsteady. And if this block is unsteady, as you get higher and higher, this all falls apart. Long story short, I get my grade in the summer of 1978. I was hoping to pass with a C, and I flunked with a D minus. D minus is a flunk. That meant that I had to take it over again. And the, the calculus professor, Dr. Muzzy, John Muzzy, he's still alive, and, uh, and we're still in communication. Just, just a wonderful, wonderful man. 
he essentially came to me and he said, and he knew what was going on. He said, stop messing around. He said, you have to keep coming to everyone and it all builds on itself. If you get the next layer, you'll get the next layer, you'll get the next layer. He was right. Because the second go-around, not only did I have Sally as my tutor, I met Sally, she was a freshman, I was a sophomore, she was great with calculus. And I, she got calculus, and I just, you know, like, uh, it's, it's bizarre. Calculus is bizarre, if anybody's taken it. It's bizarre. It's a bizarre world. It's kind of like quantum mechanics. But she got it and was able to help me. I got a B. Yay! And once I got that B, I then knew, don't goof off. Calculus 3, I got a, a B. And in differential equations, which is building on all, Calc 1, Calc 2, Calc 3, differential equations, I got an A minus. Me! I got an A minus. The guy who flunked it, flunked calculus 1. So it all builds on each other. This series builds on each other. So if you're just stepping in, or if you're watching online, make sure you go back in the media tool and look at the first two, examine them, check them out, because we're going to be building on. So let's review number one. We had fellowship. We saw how the Word of God gives us the tools that we need to avoid the lie that it's not important to gather together as the visible church. That's what we discovered. We are designed to sharpen each other encourage each other and be a blessing to each other and to those around us with our God-given spiritual gifts. Week number two. Last week we looked at the definition of a church and that was the word ecclesia. Now if we take the time to understand God's definition of ecclesia, which means called out. Now I have to stop here for a moment and expound upon that because perhaps I didn't make that as clear as I should have. Ecclesia means called out ones for the express purpose of coming together and moving together in a direction for a common cause. And to be called out, to be called out of what? To be called out of the world. How does that happen? When when God stirs your heart and you suddenly realize that you can't do life without God, especially going into eternity. In fact, you won't spend eternity with God unless you receive his invitation to be called out. Being born again means to be called out. So at some point in time, I pray that every single one of you in here has had an experience where you have been called out, where you've been born from above. Not born physically. We've all been born physically. Like Nicodemus says, how can a man climb back in his mother's womb and be born again? And Jesus said, you must be born from above, born of the Spirit, given a new heart. Jesus lives in you. So I pray today, if that has not happened, that today is the day. Because without that building block, the rest of this whole series will not make sense to you. So if today you're stirring, yep, I need Jesus. Praise God. We're going to pray with you at the end of the service. And you will 
get a better understanding as to what this is really all about. So we discovered that about being called out, all different parts, but critical to the body as a whole as we live out an active, meaningful life in the church. And again, all of those messages, those two, are on newpromisechurch.com. I encourage you to look at it if you've not been a part of the series yet because it all builds on each other. Today, we'll explore what God says about our purpose. Again, it's, it's one of those things where you know, there's the church in the center, here's fellowship. Okay, let's look at it from this angle. This is the definition of the church. Oh, okay. Well, today we're going to look at it from this angle. There's a new angle, the purpose of the church, and it's important. And by the way, not, one is not more important than the other because they all collectively point to what we need to be doing as a church. That's why we're doing a six-part series in this particular subject. So today we're going to look at the church. God is building his church with the idea that we, collectively, every single person in every single chair, including me standing up here, we are a part of Christ's own body called to regularly assemble so that we can fellowship, strengthen one another with our gifts. But what is it in the grand scheme of things that he wants us to do? Okay, we get the fellowship aspect. We get the fact that we are the ecclesia, the called out ones. But okay, what does he want us to do? This is our purpose. And without it, we are like a boat without a rudder or a sail. We're just out there on the ocean hoping that we'll hit a destination. That's not a very good way to sail, is it? You sail with a destination in, in mind. How do you do it? If you're a sailor and have no motor, you have sails and you have a rudder and that rudder dictates your direction. You're moving towards a point. And so that's what our purpose is as the church. It's our rudder, and it's our sail. It's what gives us momentum to go. So there are four things that we want to explore today about the purpose of the church with the supporting scripture. We're going to go in different parts of the New Testament today. So if you're taking notes, make sure you at least put the scripture down so that you can make reference to it this week or go to YouVersion Bible app and click on events or uh, more events. First one that comes up, New Promise Church. All of the notes are there. And you can hit save right now and save it to your phone so that you can make easy reference uh, to that just in case you're doing that. So number one, what is the first thing about the purpose of the church? We give God glory. That sounds pretty simple. But it's a very important aspect of why God made us in the first place. We give God glory. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. I'll be reading from the New Living Translation, and I believe uh, the entire message. I selected the New Living Translation for this one. And it's verses 12 through 14. It's up on the screen if you'd like, if you have a different version. Um, but they're all fairly close. But I want to stop at some key 
places which are highlighted here. So let's read together. God's purpose, everybody say purpose. That's what we're studying today. So when you see the word purpose, it's a, it's a flag. It's, it's a flag to pay attention to what um, the apostle is saying here in Ephesians. God's purpose was that we Jews, who were the first to trust in Christ, would bring praise and glory to God. What did I just say? That we give glory to God. But we're not Jews. Well, wait a minute. Let's continue. And now, you Gentiles, most of us, maybe some of us have a Jewish background. I don't know. But essentially, what the apostle has done here is opened up the gateway so that this is available to the whole world and now you Gentiles have also heard the truth the good news that God saves you we talked about this being called out and I hope you have taken that first step because again without being called out and receiving Jesus as your Lord and Savior the rest of this won't make sense to you The good news that God saves you. And when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit. Whom he promised not whom he promised long ago. And by the way, living by the Spirit is the only way to live. Listening and being guided by the Holy Spirit. We invite the Holy Spirit here when we when we begin worship together here on Sunday mornings. We invite the Holy Spirit to guide our minds as we ingest the word so that we're, we're assimilating it properly. Holy Spirit has a huge role in today. He's all over the globe helping every single body of believers, including right here and hopefully here at New Promise Church. We invite him here every Sunday. We wouldn't want to do church without Holy Spirit. And the Spirit of God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance he promised and that he purchased us to be his own people. Why? Here we go. He did this so we would praise and glorify him. We are to magnify his name. We are to walk the earth and show people we have, we have God in us. It's huge. So how do we do this? There are limitless ways. But when we get together here on Sunday morning, we do this collectively when we lift our voices in song. So it's important to be here. Here, ready to lift our voices, anticipating and inviting God's presence at the start of worship. By the way, the songs that we sing are not for our entertainment. The songs are very, very deliberately chosen to reflect God's glory, to always point back to him. It's not to entertain. It's not about style. It's not about what the instruments we use. It's about inviting God's presence here. Let me ask you, let me ask you a question, and you can all answer at the same time, as loud as you can. Everybody ready? Have you ever been to a concert, yes or no? 
I hear a lot of yeses. Okay. Now think about this. What is your favorite? What what has been up to this point your favorite concert that you've ever been to in your lifetime? It could be anything. Think about it. I'll give you like three seconds, and then I'm going to ask you to blurt it out all at once as loud as you can. What was and or is your favorite concert that you have ever been to? One, two, three. I heard the, did I hear the first person say Boston? Yeah! Love Boston. Did anybody say Earth, Wind, and Fire? What? Nobody? Yeah, I'm only kidding. Mine is Earth, Wind, and Fire. In fact, I went to an Earth, Wind, and Fire concert probably about three or four years ago with Noah's boss, uh, Garrick Doss, uh, the owner of Chick-fil-A, and with Bill Martin and his wife when he was still here. Uh, we had floor seats really close to the stage. We had a grand old time. But what did we do going to that Earth, Wind, and Fire concert? We got there early because we didn't want to rush uh, there to our seats. We didn't have, yeah, the, the music's already going. You're missing some of it. No, 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 no. You're there anticipating. How much more should we be anticipating the move of God right here at New Promise Church when our team is up here inviting the Holy Spirit's presence? I uh, encourage you, have that same mentality be here and be ready to lift your voices up and to give glory to God. That's one of our purposes, is to give glory collectively as a church. Number two, we give him growth. We give him growth. Now, in a couple of weeks, I'm going to be preaching, as a part of the series, yet another angle of looking at the church, and that's going to be looking at our commission but that's in a couple of weeks. This is just very briefly touching a little bit on that because it's a part of our purpose. A part of our purpose is that we bring growth to the church. We do this when we live our lives by telling others about Jesus in ways that we all collectively learn, that we all get excited about, even in church. How did Jesus move in your life this week? That's going to encourage somebody else here today. Iron sharpeneth iron. I keep bringing that one back too because it's true. We are here to sharpen each other. We're to bring him growth and one of the ways that we do that is encourage each other so that when we head out those doors, we are encouraged to tell others about what Jesus is doing not only in our world but in others too. Colossians chapter 1. Let's go there, Colossians chapter 1, and I'll be looking at verses 28 and 29. It's up here on your screen momentarily as well. Colossians chapter 1. So we tell others about Christ. Stop there. That's exactly what we're doing when we bring him growth. Why? Well, when we tell others about Christ... Somebody is going to need to hear that. Somebody's go Guess what? Somebody's going to be called out of the world because of your words and because you told them about Christ. Warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom God has given us. That's you. That's you. 
That's every single person sitting in a chair here at New Promise Church. God has given you wisdom, and we want to present them to God. Next slide. We want to present them to God, perfect in their relationship to Christ. That's why I work and struggle so hard, depending on Christ's mighty power that works within me. By the way, that work that you do and that you're a part of is really Christ's work and Christ's energy in you. It's not you doing that work. It's Jesus in you doing that work. We are essentially, when we grow the church, we are replicating ourselves. It's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to replicate ourselves. Not that I want another Andre Bernier in the world. That would not be a good thing because I have my flaws, but what I'm replicating is the Jesus in me. I want to give as many people Jesus as I possibly can. But we can't ignore the element of focusing on our own growth too because that's all part of the growing of the church because if we don't grow, then the church doesn't grow. It's a, it's a little like you being a twig of a branch. If you're the twig, hopefully that twig is growing along with the whole tree that you're a part of. So hopefully your faith is stronger now than it was five or ten years ago but not as strong as it will be as you personally grow in your walk with Jesus until someday we are with him and our faith, according to the Bible, will be complete, lacking nothing. Ephesians chapter 4 is when I want to go and end on this particular note, verses 14 and 15. Then we will no longer be immature like children, we won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. We're a part of his body. And we want to grow in every way more and more like Christ with every single day. Number three, we celebrate grace. Number three, we celebrate grace. Really? That's one of our purposes? Yeah, absolutely. Stop for a moment. Think about the grace that, that God gave you when you were forgiven. Think about the grace that God gave you. You know, each one of you, you know what your life was like before Jesus. In some cases, wow, it was a rough and tumble life. You know, for some it was, it was a quieter life, but it was a sinful life. For some it was just outright rebellious. It doesn't matter. We all came from that side of the tracks. God called us out into a new way. We're to celebrate that. While we don't dwell on the sin we once lived in, we are a new creation. That's what the Bible says. We're a new creation. We never want to forget the grace of God that opened a way for us to be forgiven. Turn with me back to Ephesians chapter 1. We're going to go to verse 6 through 8. So, we praise God. Everybody say, praise God. 
we praise God for the glorious grace, a grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave, us, uh, forgave our sins. He has showered his kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. So not only is it our purpose to celebrate our own grace, but also the grace shown to others here. Somebody here maybe has received Christ for the first time. We are to celebrate that grace with that person because we know what it's like to be set free from sin. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. We'll, we'll leave this point on that note. And 1 Peter 2 says, Most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other. That's fellowship. For love covers a multitude of sins. Sins, that's grace. Cheerfully share your home with those who need a meal or a place to stay. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. We covered this on week one, remember? In fellowship. God gave each and every single one of you a gift to just kind of hoard for yourself and look and put it on a shelf. No, it's to use for the benefit of every single person here. All right, one more, one more point. And number four, and, and this is kind of interesting in where I put it because we put it in our purpose because part of our purpose is to recognize the grace that has been given to us. That was the last point we just gave. But to also remember, please remember, 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 remember. Say remember. We recognize his, Jesus' grip. We recognize his grip. Why do I say that? Because so often we really need to be reminded of something here. And I want you to pay very close attention to what I say here and take notes if you have to. Or maybe this week when it's reposted online and on our website, go back and listen to this. Imagine for a moment what it must be like to grab on something so tight for so long that your hand freezes in place and it takes somebody to pry those fingers off whatever it is that you're holding. Have you ever been in that situation? Well, it's happened. It's happened in the Old Testament. We go to 2 Samuel, verse 23 and 10. It happened when somebody named Eleazar was fighting off the Philistines. In 2 Samuel 23, verse 10, it says this. But Eleazar stood his ground and struck down the Philistines till his hand grew tired and froze to the sword. He was hanging onto that sword so long and fought so hard. It was, his hand literally couldn't, he couldn't pry his hands off that sword. He couldn't let it go. It took other people to start pulling his fingers off of his sword when he was done to get the sword out of his hand. That's how tight of a grip 
Eleazar had on the sword. But if you can't relate to that story, how about this one? In the summer of 1990, a British Airways pilot, which you're about to see a picture of here in the hospital, suddenly found himself getting sucked out of two windows that failed at 27,000 feet over England. Between the grip of the pilot, and by the way, the, the co-pilot was, no, it was the, it was the co-pilot that got sucked out because it was on the, on the right side of the plane. The pilot, after this massive decompression, at 27,000 feet, two windows blew out, sucked the co-pilot out, and the only thing the pilot saw were fingers hanging on for dear life onto a cockpit at 27,000 feet. So naturally, they train for all kinds of emergencies, but I mean, this one, really? Two windows blow out in the cockpit, and you and the co-pilot is hanging on for dear life and all you see is his fingertips the pilot knew at 27,000 feet that guy wasn't going to last without oxygen he has to descend fast to below 12,000 feet first thing he did put the plane in a nosedive got down to 12,000 feet so that he could breathe he's still hanging on and by the way there's another problem if that co-pilot who's hanging on for dear life with a 500 knot wind going over his head had he let go he would have been sucked into the engine immediately and the engine would have quit and everybody on board would have perished so he was fighting for his life and the life of everybody on that plane and that co-pilot knew it now, between the grip of the pilot and the grip of the flight attendant, he dangled outside of the cockpit for 20 minutes until that British Airways made an, an emergency landing. Really? 20 minutes? 500 mile an hour wind? Well, you can see, first of all, his shirt was ripped off of him. I mean, literally, his shirt was ripped off. And all of that, all of those marks that you see on the on that co-pilot, are burn marks from the 500 mile an hour wind. Just imagine what what they had to do to him when they landed. <laughs> I mean, if a laser had had uh, to have somebody pry his fingers off the sword, I suppose they had to do that with him too when they landed because. He was hanging on for dear, dear life. Why do I bring this up? Because these seemingly superhuman stories do have a limit. They do. But Jesus' grip on us is absolutely unshakable. Unshakable. These have limits. As superhuman as that guy was, there was a limit to his strength. I'm sure God was giving him the strength that he needed to hang on. I don't know if I could have. Hebrews chapter 7, verse 25 says this. Therefore, he is alive for a little while. No, that's not what it says. Therefore, he is able once and forever. 
to save those who come to God through him. He lives for a little while. No, that's not what it says. He lives what? Forever to intercede with God on their behalf. I want to bring this up because too many of us and I have to include myself in there too, periodically, too many of us walk through the day forgetting that our salvation is not dependent on being holy even after we receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Which, by the way, the scriptures are very, very clear, is not an excuse to live a sinful life. It's not. But if your opportunity to step away or to step into God's presence at the moment of your death is dependent on whether or not you were good enough on any particular day, then why did Jesus have to die? Think about that. Listen to me. If you get anything out of this message today, remember this. Write it down if you have to. We cheapen the blood of Jesus Christ when we think we can undo the grip of God. Did you hear me? Did you hear me? Yes, I hope so. Listen, I'll say it one more time. It's so important. Write it down. We cheapen the blood of Jesus when we think we can undo the grip of God. Think of the third song that we sang here. God is running after you. Not only is he running after you, the Greek is very strong when it says it wants to tackle you down. It wants to just literally just bowl you over. And once Jesus gets a hold of you and you are in his grip, nothing, nothing, Nothing can let it go. Nothing. Zero. He will hang on to you, the Bible says, forever. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 8 and 9 is where we'll end up. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. He will keep you strong to the end so that you will be free from all blame. Again, does that give you license to sin? No, of course not. You want to be more and more like Christ with every single day. But on this side of eternity, we're all going to goof up somewhere along the line. And that's where Scripture is also clear. If we go to him and ask for forgiveness, he is faithful and just to forgive us from all unrighteousness. As God brings it to mind, those things that are our shortcomings. He will keep you strong to the end so that you will be free from all blame on the day when our Lord Jesus returns. Oh boy, what's the next four words? Who will do this? God will do this. Yeah, you, you're called to participate you're called to cooperate 
in the process of looking more like Jesus. But who did the work in saving you? God did. God will and has done this for you. For he, God, is faithful to do what he says. And he has invited you into, oh, I love this, because we talked a little bit about this when talking about participating in God's work. He invited you into partnership with the Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. And it's multidimensional. It's in worship. It's giving him praise. It's living your life out for him. It's doing the right thing in front of others. It is giving to his work here at New Promise Church. Multi, multi-dimensional ways. Many, many ways. Look, we've all had moments in our earthly journey when we've blown it. So much more, so much so that we get tired and we lose our grip. Unlike that pilot who hung on for dear life, he's, he succeeded. But we've all gotten to the point where it's tiring to sometimes live a Christian life and you lose your grip. You forget who you are in Christ and you blow it. Yeah, that's, that, again, not a license to sin, but we all do it. But Jesus' grip, is strong and forever. So let's review the four points. Number one, we give God glory. And again, these are the purposes. These are the reasons we come together every Sunday. Yet another angle of why we do this. We give God glory. We give him growth. We grow our numbers. Look, look at the people. There are more people in, this, uh, in the chairs. And I envision this. I envision that every single chair is going to be filled. Why? Because of you. Because your life expresses the life of Christ. And people are going to be saying, why are you so different? I've actually had it happen to me. It sounds like one of those cliche things, but I've actually had it happen. Why are you so joyful all the time? Why, why is it you are the way you are I don't get it I don't get it and then you tell them and then you invite them to church hey you want to be you, you want a little bit of what I have it's not for me believe me and uh, maybe maybe they'll come come with you invite somebody to church these chairs are going to be filled up they are I'm I'm convinced of it we celebrate grace every time a new believer comes to Christ. I'm going to give you that opportunity today. If you're watching online, I'm going to give you the opportunity today. And we recognize his grip that once he has you in his hands, he will never, ever, ever, ever let go no matter what you've done. Again, thank you for that amen. It's not a license to sin, but you got to realize that on this side of eternity, you're going to blow it periodically. Just go to him, ask for forgiveness. He's got you in the palm of his hands. By the way, we can't do these things alone. We need each other. We need each other to remind ourselves of the purpose of the church. Amen? If you have never received Christ as your Savior, I'm going to give you a chance to do that today. Please close your eyes. Examine your own heart. If for the first time you say, wow, I get it now, and I want to receive Jesus. And it's something that happens in your heart, but when you do it in public, you really solidify it. 
I'm going to ask you, though, with your eyes closed, this is between you and God, if you want to do that for the first time, very, very gently, very quietly, nobody's looking, raise your hand. Raise your hand if you want to receive Jesus. All right. And if perhaps today for the first time, uh, in a long time, you realize you've not been following Jesus, you've not been following the plan for his life. If you would like to rededicate your life today, please raise your hand very quietly wherever you're seated. That's fantastic, wonderful, excellent. Praise God. Let's uh, go to God in prayer now and all collectively together. And I ask you to join those hands that went up in prayer. Father, thank you that I can come back to you. Thank you that you offer me grace. Thank you that you offer me the chance to, to come back. And your grip never let me go. And I recognize that today. Help me to join in the purpose of the church, the fellowship of the church, the definition of the church, and the other angles that we'll be studying in this series. Father, I'm excited about these uh, new commitments and ask that you will strengthen them as they walk with Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I hope you're getting something out of it next week. Um, we'll be looking at an angle of the church, the promise of the church. It's a really different angle. Because so far, you know, we've been, we've been looking in, in, inside a kind of a semicircle. But this one, we'll look at it from a truly different perspective. The promises that are made to us for being part of the local church. Not that that's why we are part of the church. We're not part of the church to get something. But the Bible does give us a bunch of promises. Promises that we can live out. And so that will be next week. I hope uh, you're enjoying the series thus far. Um, let's see. By the way, we do need the chairs moved after the service, so if we can have a couple of able-bodied men to do that, that'd be great. And before we go to the video announcements, if you would like to be on the prayer, te prayer team, and the prayer teams are located at the back doors on the way out, if you need prayer, please, please, please go to them. Everything shared is done in private, but yet it is powerful when two believers get together. Where two or more are gathered, there is Jesus in their presence. Agree with them. They'll agree with you in prayer about anything, and uh, they'll pray with you too. Now, if you'd like to be on the prayer team, uh, please sign up. There's, there's going to be a sign-up um, on the island outside as we all um, get ready for a little bit of fellowship. Okay, um, there's a lot going on at New Promise. Let's uh, head to the video announcements and then we will um, pray for you. Save the date for the Fusion Fall Retreat, October 21st through the 23rd for 6th through 12th graders. This is all-inclusive weekend will cost $75. The Kirtland Community Faith Night was rescheduled for Thursday, the 18th of August. We still need volunteers to hang out at our table. And now you can go to Bible study on Wednesday night and be together on Thursday. Yay! We are so excited for Awana to begin on September 7th. Thank you to our teachers from last year who have once again signed up to serve. We are still looking for one awesome person to lead the kids in games. Please see Don Bertrowski or Amy Tadio if you can help. 
Tomorrow night is the first women's self-defense rad class. It's not too late to sign up. Text or call the number on the screen. We are so excited to hang out with you on September 9th at the Captain's Game. We will all sit together and enjoy the game and fireworks. Please sign up and pay at the welcome desk so that we know how many seats to get. During the pandemic, many people got out of the habit of attending church. And this September, actually thousands of churches will be inviting everyone in their community to come visit the church and for some to try to come back to church again. It's National Back to Church Sunday. It's September 18th, and it's a perfect time to return to church, uh, find a fresh start and a renewed hope. Will you be a part of this national outreach event? Invite friends to church and to a free lunch after potluck style. And now for your NPC Missions Moment of the Week. Pregnancy can cause a variety of emotions, especially when it was not in the plans. For women that are unsure of what to do next, Ivy Women's Center can help. At Ivy Women's Center, women receive the support, early pregnancy health care services, and educational resources needed to process how they're feeling and to be able to make decisions that are the best for their future. There are three ways to give at New Promise Church. In person in the offering box at the back of the Ministry Center, by mailing it in to 8671 Euclid Chardon Road, Kirtland, Ohio 44094, or online at newpromisechurch.com forward slash give. If you are wanting someone to pray with you, the prayer team is waiting for you in the back corners of the auditorium. for the lights to, to come up to full full strength because I uh, am hoping to get your permission stay in place I want to do something goofy and take a panoramic picture of all of you today and put it on andrebernier.com how many people have been here to andrebernier.com and clicked on faith tv anybody any uh, fantastic all right Alex my buddy out make sure you say hi to Alex my buddy on the way out and his twin brother and his mom is here uh, again they're really blessing me with their presence thank you for being here um, make sure you say hi to Alex but go to andrebernier.com instead of watching your favorite soap opera I know there's only one left I think right thank goodness uh, but you know whatever it is you watch on TV forget that stuff it's all garbage uh, click on faith TV I have a ton of stuff I updated every week with things from Elijah Streams, from uh, Victory Channel, from Flashpoint, uh, from In His Glory, or His Glory. His Glory, by the way, is, uh, is done live right here in, in Ohio, Northeast Ohio. Uh, Dave, uh, Pastor Dave Scarlet, Scarlet for the, the, anybody who knows Pastor Dave Scarlet. I, I do a lot of stuff, and, and I embed it right in the website, so you don't have to go hunting for it. You can click on play and listen to it. Faith TV. Also, Pastor's Blog. Last week, I posted Pastor Gunnar's uh, message on where uh, the, the good news of Jesus meets abortion. It's well done. It minces no words, but it's done with great love and great respect, but it minces no words. I invite you to go to Pastor's Blog at the very top and go check it out. So anyway, today or this week, I'm going to do a panoramic shot. Those of you that don't want to be in the picture, Head out now. You ready? I'm going to do a panoramic shot. Here we go. No picking your nose. There it is. 
look for it on verbmorningyear.com. Let's pray. Father, thanks for this day. Thank you that uh, you would teach us what exactly we are and the purpose that we're here. Give us increased sense of purpose and the fact that we are held in Jesus' hand with a tight so grip that we can really rest assured in it and help us to live in such a way that the world notices as we go out these doors today. For this is boot camp, and out there is the mission field. Each and every single one of us has people that we can touch that I can't, that their neighbor can't, but they can. And so wake us up to the fact that uh, we can bring that gospel to that someone who is hurting. Now help us to enjoy each other's company at the picnic and beyond, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You're all dismissed, and we'll see you at the picnic. Thanks again.